0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: certainly is Friday. God, don't you love Friday? Don't you just love... Of course, it's bad news if you work the weekend. You probably hate Friday. I love Friday. I was thinking earlier on today, because I've had such a busy week this week. Such a busy week. Such doing things. You know, doing things and... Doing things for the sake of doing things. So when it got to Friday today, because the producer said to me, we're still laughing, they're calling him the producer, and uh, and he said, so, well, you know, what have you, what have you got to do today? And I'm not telling you. Nothing worse than a stalker, is there? So I said, no, nothing. I'm fi- when I finish, I'm going home. First time uh, this week, because yesterday we had two interviews. We did Amanda Holden, and we did a guy called Jeremy Joseph for In Conversation. It's very interesting. He's He's got a, a very interesting... History. He runs the biggest gay brand in London, G.A.Y., and they've just brought out a triple album of all the people who have appeared in the clubs over the years. Everybody from Spice Girls to Amy Winehouse, you name it, they appear, and all the pictures appear in the newspapers. So it's, it's a very, very interesting story. And uh, at the moment, he's up to this deep in debt because he borrowed £3.5 million after HMV, who are part owners and shareholder in the, the club, uh, went into administration. So he went to the banks to say, listen, can you can you lend me some money? And his bank, who he's been with for years, wouldn't touch it. Yet they knew how much the clubs are turning over. They, they could see how successful the brand is. But he has lots of friends. He's friends with all sorts. He's friends with Louis Walsh. He's friends with, you know, I mean, just about everybody. He knows every. He's probably got a really good little black book. So you'll be hearing that, I think, next week. This week... On In Conversation. We've got three, not one, not two, but three guests. Trying to make it sound more exciting. And it is, we've got the lovely Helen Lederer. She's got a show coming up in town. She's got two shows in November at the St James's Theatre. Which she very much wants you to go to. Because there's going to be some audience partis, Ipation. And uh, who else have we got? This week we've also got um, James Corden. Who's in the uh, the new Paul Potts. And who else have we got this week? Who else have we got? We've got Stephen Merchant as well. Stephen Merchant, on Hello Ladies. Three really, really good conversations. Really, really good conversations. And we'll give you some clips later. Well, I say we'll give you some clips. We'll we, we give you about five seconds of each one. So, hello, thank you. And there'll be more of that on Sunday morning. So anyway, apart from that, we've got the papers. And we've got you, and the texts, and the night, and the music. Because it's miserable out there this morning. It's not, it's not, I didn't think it was that cold, but somebody would probably write in and go, it's freezing out here and it's raining. A little bit of rain around and then it's going to be nice for Friday and I'm still waiting for my car to come back. How long does it take to do me alloys? I'm just so desperate to get it back because today I've got to go out and go and do some shopping in Costco and I'm going to need the boot of the car. Can't put it in the little thing they've given me. I, I tried to take a picture of the car the other day; and it just didn't—it just didn't look right. So I'm gonna—I'll try and do it today, so you can see what, the, what they've given me to drive around while they're servicing my car. Anyway, uh, all of that to one side, and still getting over the uh, the shock of the audience figures. I say the shock of the—I mean it is really a shock of the audience figures. You know, you you, you look at them and you think, can they, it? Turns out that the majority of Londoners, in fact, the the vast amount of Londoners, are waking up listening to this. Which is just fantastic. I mean, you know, way, way, way ahead of everything else. A friend of mine is snapping at my heels at number two, but uh, there's, a, there's quite a big gap on the graph, let me tell you. He said, Do you ever think there'll be a day where I, I sort of get, uh, no, I don't think so. Not while I'm living, not while there's breath in my body. What is the answer to doing a successful programme? I don't know, just be honest. Just tell people the way it is. And um, as long as you don't sort of flim-flam too much, you should get away with it. So the evening standard, I only happened to look in it because the papers were late arriving this morning, probably still printing the pictures of some royal baby with mummy, daddy. I've discovered, actually, I don't think Pippa Middleton's at all attractive. I'm looking at a picture. She's got one of those cheesy... She's obviously been rehearsing the cheesy grin because she looks a bit scary. But I tell you what, talking of scary, I watched... I was flipping through the channels this morning. I wake up, my boss was saying to me, he said, it was interesting when you were talking... The other day, about your routine in the morning, how you get up. I do the same thing every day. Get up, go to the bathroom, have a wee, uh, pick up the shaver. I don't know why having a wee should be funny, but everybody does it, don't they? And pick up the shaver, go into the, uh, into the sitting room, click on the computer, check the see if any messages have come through or anything like that. Mostly they haven't. Although I did have one from Duncan Bach saying congratulations on the audience figures, which was very nice. And he's back with us on Monday. And then I turn on the telly, go to the kitchen, make a cup of coffee bring it back in, sit down, flip through the channels till I find something interesting. I was watching I didn't know what I was watching. And it got halfway through and I suddenly realized, I was watching The Bill. There was an old episode of The Bill on, which was brilliant. It was absolutely... Why they ever axed that programme? Biggest mistake ITV did, but at the moment, the rate they're going, they bring programmes back, so they might bring The Bill back. I don't know. It was it was too good to let go. Way too good to let go. Anyway, so I come in, so the, the, the papers are late, and I'm looking around, thinking, I've got to have something to read. God, I have something to read. I can't print anything out because the the printers have gone doolally and they need toner cartridges and I don't even know what that is. And I'm looking at the front page of the Evening Standard and it's got uh, Boris Johnson and the bikes going electric, battery-powered cycles from next year. Brilliant. Brilliant. I can't wait for those ones. I'll pay for those. But the picture is of Nicole Scherzinger, who who was at the, the Arts Club in Mayfair wearing a leather bodice and a black dress. Bit of an old brassy number, but there you go. And uh, she's got two bodyguards. And all I kept thinking was, I'm sorry, to, who are you? Some naff singer from a from a tatty old group from ages ago who's over here, probably can't get arrested in America. And now we've got to put up with her on every blasted advert under the sun. are there any British people who can do this? I mean, she's not exactly much cop, is she? You know, she's on there mentoring people about singing songs. And all I kept thinking was... Two bodyguards? What an insecure person she must be. We found another benefit fraudster as well, I'm afraid. This one. I can't go to work. I can't go to work. She hasn't been to work for, uh, I think, about 24 years. To be honest with you, get this fat lardy off her arse and get her out there. Why can't she go out there? Why can't she go out? Wait wait for this one. She's allergic to shoes. She's allergic to shoes. Anyway, the Department of uh, of Works and uh, Benefits have said uh, no. We're actually going to take away your benefit. I can't go to work. How can I go to work with no shoes on? Why well, do you just have to bloody well learn, darling? You have to. Sorry to swear. Shouldn't have used the word darling. I realise it's a bit early in the morning. But you know, you look here. She's got employment, and she says uh, it's so unfair and stressful. She didn't work for 24 years. Small wonder you're fat, love. Get off your arse. Get out there and do a day's work, whether you're wearing shoes or not. Get a job on a beach. It don't make any difference, does it? Apparently she's been diagnosed as suffering from contact dermatitis. And the rubber, glue and metal on shoes brings her out in a painful rash. Well, you just have to get over it. It doesn't stop you being fit for work, just because you've got a rash. She says, I can only wear shoes for 10 or 15 minutes while my feet blister and split. Well, why don't you push it to the ultimate? What do you just you know I mean, what are they going to do? You go, <clears throat> or just blow off completely? My allergy gets really bad and stops you from doing everything. How can I go to work or job interviews with no shoes on? Well, I don't want to pay for you anymore. I've decided I'm with the Works and Pensions people. I'm afraid. Anyway, she can still claim disability allowance. Spends her days barefoot and only leaves her house astride a mobility scooter. Oh, but yeah, it's not enough. There must be something you can do at home, darling. There must be something we can find you to do. You know, do something. Stop being this pathetic, fat, blubbery waste of space. Do something. There are people out there. It says here, and she says, "I've tried everything." Her husband has got diabetes. I've got diabetes. I come to work. There's loads of people I know who've got diabetes. What a pathetic waste of space you are. What a scrounging, miserable little devil you must be in real life. Anyway, I mean, it's... I mean, you know, the the government is, is committed. The Department of Works and Pensions have said the government are committed to getting people off benefits. This scrounging old bag. 24 years and not done a day's work because she's got some allergy for her feet. Well, do something from home. Pack boxes, make Christmas cards. Do something. She says, the doctors even arranged for a pair of clogs to be made in Switzerland, but I had a reaction to the canvas material. Oh, Christ, the lot, it, honestly. It's one dreary mistake after another, isn't it? Absolutely ghastly. Ridiculously pathetic person. 24 years, and you look at the state of it, and apparently all the people who haven't worked for years and years, because they haven't worked, they've got so much time on their hands, they still can't make the effort to make themselves look attractive. Yeah, you, know, you think with all this time on around, she'd have had her hair done and maybe, you know, I mean, there was a. I kid you not, honestly. We had to go the other day because uh, we've got a, a building regulation issue and we had to go and see the council. And to say they were nothing worse than useless would be an understatement. So Lynn and I go and we talk to the, uh, the council. And all this woman does is just look at a screen and then go, yeah, I can give you a number to contact somebody. Well, you're the planning officer. You're supposed to be dealing with it, for God's sake. Just buck passing. Anyway. As we go into the council offices, they're lounging about aside. Yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but it was Vicky Pollard. She's got the extremely tight grey tracksuit edged in pink top and bottom, the fat gut hanging over the top of it, the big hoop earrings, the hair scraped back in the Croydon facelift and a fag on. And she's on her phone. Yeah, I said to him, I said like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm looking at her thinking, I said to Lynn, I said, if you're that fat, why would you wear a tracksuit to emphasise the fact that you're that fat and that unattractive? You know, can't can't you find something attractive to wear? Or is it you want to look like a bloke? These people, you know, they're just uglies. They really are. I mean, there's a very good ventriloquist and he's uh, one of his dolls. And she goes, ugly, ugly, which is <laughs> ventrically, which is, uh, which is good. Well, I looked at this woman and I thought, you, you are Vicky Pollard, aren't you? And I thought, there's no hope for people like that. In the same way, there's no hope for this scrounging Tracy Kenny, a fat, lardy old bit of nothing, who for 24 years has sponged because my feet hurt. God in heaven. I'll tell you what, you know, people like this, you want to say, your feet hurt. We're coming up to Remembrance Day. We're coming up to the day when we remember the war dead, you know, and the people who gave their lives to so scrounging old, fat, useless people like her. It's just, you know, as I tell you what, darling, let's make you sit in a tank. Let's send you out to war. Let's send you out to Afghanistan. Let's see how long you last. You last about 35 seconds. You know, it's just appalling. We should axe these benefits immediately from these these people. Because it doesn't encourage them to get out. They should just sit there. And the moment it's taken away, what are we going to do? Well, you're going to have to do something, aren't you? You know, you still get your disability benefits, but you can, there must be something... You know, t- t- what a waste of money. We've had shoes made in Switzerland. God in heaven. She's just the tip of the iceberg. We found another one. Oh, I found another one in here. Oh, dear. Having had that vile couple the other day, do you remember the vile couple who abused that girl that they brought over from Pakistan, the deaf uh, the deaf girl? And uh, the husband, 84, a paedophile. Let's call him what he is. He raped her over a period of God knows how many times, 13 times. I reckon you can add about another naught to that. And all he got was 13 years in prison for raping a girl. Anybody else, they'd have made a big deal about it. And the wife, a, a benefit scrounger, and a woman who traffics children. Disgusting. Both gone to prison. He, him for 13 years, her for five. I can only hope they come to great harm inside, but that's just me being caring again. And so I'm going through the papers, and I'm looking at all these blonde children with these Roma families, and I'm looking at the pictures of, of George and his very happy family and granny and everybody else. And then I came across uh, another benefit scrounger, And it's another benefit, scrounger who uh, this time has been claiming, oh, she, she was trying to do a £750,000 fraud. We're name and shame on this programme in a moment. And am I sick to death of Carol Vorderman or am I sick to death of everything she does? It's a photo opportunity. This time she's going up in this plane. Carol, who's 190 but dresses like a 12-year-old, um, she smelt fire in the engine. There wasn't time to think this is it. And she tells of her emergency landing drama. I mean, you knew there'd have to be something, wouldn't you? But about five minutes. And she says, afterwards, I was a bit jittery because I had two wings full of fuel. You just think, why don't you just go away? For God's sake, I'm so bored with it. It's just a photo opportunity. And also, the other thing. Louis Walsh. I'm going to finish doing The X Factor. Now, I'm not sure. Even worse, I'm afraid. Who's the other bloke? Gary Barlow, at the other end of the panel. I haven't quite decided whether I'm leaving. Oh, please, do me a favour. Both go. Both go. But take take out take that Scherzinger woman with you as well. Because I don't want her either, I'm afraid. Quarter past four. Morning, Nick Ferrari. Seven o'clock this morning, the day after Boris announces he's to extend the cycle hire scheme to electric bikes. Nick will be sending our intrepid reporter out for a very unique challenge. Plus, why do we judge women who don't have kids? And should the government be persuading us to turn on our heating? You can join Nick this morning from 7 on LBC 97.3. The rest of the capital does. You might as well join them. Looking at the papers today, managing editor of The Sun, Stick Abel. We'll be in the studio looking through the papers. Yes, there's a, there's, a, there's a case of a woman, it appeared in The Standard last night, of um, a woman who, who claims she tripped over a paving stone, so wanted to sue the council. And uh, then she obviously, she obviously got carried away with it because she's so bent. And she thought, i tell you what I'll do. I'll tell them I can't get up and down stairs, so I need to go up and down on my bottom. So uh, on her arse, she goes up and down the stairs, so she says. And uh, then she needs care as well. So she puts in a bid for £750,000, you know, the warning bells rang, so the council sent out people to investigate, discovered she walked perfectly well, thank you very much indeed. So this old bent fraudster, up in court. And it amazes me that this goes on all the time, and the council just don't have enough time or manpower to go and investigate everybody, because... I think there is rarely a day that goes by where we don't find another benefit fraudster. Somebody else who's been cheating the system. You know, somebody who sort of, you know, think, I can't be bothered to work. I think I'll just have lots and lots of children and sit there smoking weed or doing whatever else. Give us a bigger house. And eventually the whole thing implodes because you know that their children are going to follow the parents with the same kind of thing. There are loads of people who have loads of children and they do very well. They don't scrounge off the country, but there are those, the Jeremy Kylers, as I call them. You know, the ones who go on there, all the women with sort of, you know, half a mouth of, of no teeth. And, uh, and their boyfriends who've got tattoos all over their faces and stuff like that. They're the lowlifes. They're the lowlifes. They're the people who, great, you know, when you're young, yeah, let's rob the money, let's steal from shops and all the rest of it. Eventually, it's going to come a time they're going to be sitting there all by themselves at home. The family would have left home. You know, the kids will be throwing bricks through the window and we will be going, ha, 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 you've got to taste your own medicine. Lots of pictures on the paper today of a baby. Not really that bothered about her baby. It was very nice. But now they release released the official pictures and Pippa Middleton giving her really creepy smile. She's obviously been rehearsing in the mirror, but when you look at her, you think you look like a serial killer. She's got that. She came out with that big smile the other day, obviously thinking she looked attractive. But of course, the only thing attractive about her is when you see her from behind. She, she, she's got that bum, hasn't she? That was the thing that drew people to her. There you know, they go. Oh, Pippa Middleton. God, nice bum. And, and you look at her now and you think, well, thank God we're not looking in the face too often. Yesterday, Ken says, the silence was so long I shook the radio and the bones started to rattle, probably his own. He said, I thought you were suddenly taken ill. And then the introduction came on for In Conversation and the lovely voice of Anita Dobson came wafting over the airwaves. Discussing her time in EastEnders. And uh, then I knew it was a repeat because I'd heard it before. And then, as if by magic you were telling us about the competition. Yes, the, I mean, I don't want to lay the blame firmly at the door of the producer, but he was, he was, he was faffing around the other day, honestly. He's got, he's, he's got the same as everybody else. He's, he's got, you know, two hands, but they're a bit dyslexic at the moment. And he's sort, of, he's sort of, you know, touching this and touching that. And what he did, effectively, he took us off the air. You know, and I was sitting here, and, uh, well, and then all of a sudden he sort of throws his hands up in the air. And, and, and then somebody else comes in, and, and, and nobody says a word to me. I'm just sitting here. So I, so they then put my microphone on, and I knew something had gone wrong because I couldn't hear myself speak. I don't, it's not necessary I hear myself speaking. You know, I'm not that much of an egotist. But I, I like to make sure that it sounds as if it's going out. So the mic light comes on. And so I'm sort of chatting away, and I keep chatting, and still... He said nothing. He's standing the other side. I thought he was making sandwiches or something like that. And he's sort of standing in there, and they're both staring at the ceiling, and then they're both looking down at the desk and doing all this kind of thing. And so I carry on doing the programme, thinking, well, just because I wasn't sure if it was going out or it wasn't. But I know that after 40 seconds of nothing going out, the emergency tape, as it's laughingly called, kicks in. as a piece on a computer. But uh, that kicked in, and, of course, it's me. Doing in conversation because you, you couldn't really repeat anything else because it would be a news story, it would be out of date, and people might think you know the, the Titanic has just been uh, reported missing, and it's you know you'd you start getting panicky. So that's why it was me again, and so I blindly carried on. I can't hear that bit going out. I don't. I don't know. In fact, we didn't know what was going out at all yesterday <laughs> till much later on in the morning. And the boss said that he said, I, I went into the shower. He said, I came out, he said, and it had all gone a bit strange. I said, Well, you know, I'll explain the story of how it had happened. Mm-hmm. Laid the blame firmly at the door of the producer, you know, messing around in there. And then the worst thing is, after it came back and it took off, apparently what he'd done in there, it'd taken off three other radio stations in the building. So they were all suffering from the same thing. I mean, to be honest with you, yeah, worse than useless. And, um, and then, of course, because it turned off the computers, Everything then came back on, but it has to be rebooted. So we then didn't have any ads for the morning. <laughs> the whole thing was just just a bit of a disaster. But at least you got to hear a bit of In Conversation, which hopefully will tempt you to listen to the programme this Sunday. And if that's not the best link you've ever heard, nothing else is. And this Sunday we have three guests for you for In Conversation. We give you a little taster in about an hour's time on LBC 97.3. This is what you have woken up to this morning. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. We're here every morning. And uh, and this is what we do: we put the world to rights. We make you feel a bit better about yourself, or maybe not, as the case may be. And uh, and we have a competition. Yes, yes, we have a competition. We have a competition for you today. Final day, and uh, it's for the it's for the mini iPad two, the mini iPad two. So, uh, firstly, we had somebody from Peckham Rye, did we not? And now, yesterday, Sharad Gulhan from Barnett was our lucky winner Yeah! well done congratulations I have to do, there's no sound effects here on this program we are we are I'm scraping the barrel on a budget so every time they go do, 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 do I have to do that myself. We don't actually bring in an orchestra and when I go yeah, so and so one I have to go like that and make and make it sound sa- no don't, don't go bringing sound effects in now. No, I don't want any applause. I can do it myself. You know, I'm cheaper as well. We don't have to pay royalties to all the people who got paid for clapping their hands at the same time. So I go, da-da-da-da-da-da, the winner. And you go, yeah, make it sound like it's loads of people. Does not work. So anyway, so well done to Shared Gilhan from Barnet. Today it could be your turn. You know what the iPad 2 is. I don't need to explain to you that this is faster Uh, Better display, it's got iOS 7 preload, it's got everything. It sings, it dances, it does the washing up. You can watch films, you can send texts and emails. It's just brilliant. Just brilliant. So how do you get it? You need to know the answer to a question. And the question this morning is, and it's always one word we're looking for, which mini, because the theme is mini this week, mini, which mini is Dr Evil's clone played by Vern Troyer, in the Austin Powers films. Which Mini is Dr. Evil's clone, played by Vern Troyer in the Austin Powers films? To enter the competition, you text the word Gadget, G A D G E T, then your answer. Okay, so it's Mini, that's the word, and then you send that to 848. 848- it's got to be preceded by the word gadget. That's the key word that triggers the computer to send you to the right department. You don't want to see wandering around forever in space. So it's gadget, then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. That text will cost you just £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network, full terms and conditions, online at lbc.co.uk. So good luck for that one. Mini... OK. Uh, no wonder people on benefits get a bad name with scumbags who make up excuse after excuse. But most are genuine and willing to get back to work. I think if you've been 24 years on benefits, we remove it immediately. I don't understand. They don't have benefit systems in other countries. They might have it in America, but they're very strict on it. Over here, they hand it out to any old Tom, Dick and Harry. And somebody who's got an allergy to shoes, well, we find We find something else. We find something else. And get her off benefits. Don't just start handing this out like dolly mixtures. It's just a complete waste of time. Why should somebody get it? Because well, I can't do it. We'll find something to do at home. Can't like you go around on your knees or something on a skateboard and go and do people's gardens? Do something. Just don't sit there bleating on like some failed old has-been because it gets on my wick. I'm afraid. Uh, legs out. Temperature. Steve says, Kevin the Millman. Hope the rain holds off. Uh, I might better help you on that one. I could probably give you the uh, the weather forecast for today and just. Uh, Oh, I've just taken out my blasted things now, haven't I? have just taken out my text messages. Sorry, I should find them again. Any rain at first. Showers heavy at times, should clear by late morning. Some bright spells, the odd shower this afternoon. Windy day. That's it. Hair ruined, as you can well imagine. Expected highs today of 18 degrees. Windy throughout this evening and overnight, with some clear intervals. Also one or two showers, another very mild night. 15 degrees centigrade. So 18 today, it's not bad. If I get the car back, I'm going to be a very, very, very happy person. Um... James Arthur's in the paper today, talking about how he uh, nearly committed suicide. He's selling an album. Okay, let's just get this in in perspective. He's never mentioned this before. He says, I wanted to fall flat on my face and never wake up again after the X Factor. It's it's just, it's people's stories, isn't it? Everybody's got a story. I said to Amanda Holden yesterday, every single person has got a story. Most of us are fairly normal stories. You know, got brought up by two, two loving parents, didn't really want for anything. You know, father had a few businesses... And uh, was uh, you know reasonably successful. Uh, both parents died, uh, but left me with a good legacy. You know, you know right for wrong. Never thought about committing suicide. Got a bit depressed when I first came up to London years ago, because London can be very depressive. If you haven't got any money, I'd only had eight pounds a week. That's all I was existing on. Eight pounds a week, living in a flat with three girls who were arts educational, and um, and we we managed to survive. We managed to survive. You'd listen to depressing records like Barclay James Harvest, Mockingbird. If you want a a record to sort of really make you feel down and depressed, that was it as far as I was concerned. It's 4.30.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, 29 minutes to five. Friday morning, that's the good bit, That's the good bit. The other bit is if you wanted Alex Ferguson's book, he was out signing yesterday, so was the crush for it. Copies were changing hands for £300. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Lady Gaga's in town. Well, she's not here. I think she's in uh, Berlin. I mean, she's very bizarre. She wears the oddest clothes ever, but that's it. She was wearing a big furry mask the other day. Since she's appearing on X Factor this weekend, it'll be good because Sharon Osbourne um, doesn't like her. They've had a bit of a spat, but of course Sharon Osbourne has to sit down and uh, and take the golden shilling because she's there and she's there on, you know, on a, on a mission, I should imagine. Ollie Mers, I think, is ready to join the X Factor panel. The singer's been linked with a judging role ever since Gary Barlow, Sharon Osbourne and Louis Walsh revealed the current series to be their last... Although, actually, of course, it's not. So the bizarre column by uh, Gordon Smart is very out of date because both of them have said now they haven't decided, which means they'll be there again. Ha, <laughs> Steve L uh, P C dot 84850, oh, Steve, at uh, One Direction... I can't believe it. You know, there's um, one of the boys in um, Union J's Gay. Apparently he's had a boyfriend for four years. They're just going to get married in the year 2015. And they've got a new single out. It's so auto-tuned, it's unreal, I'm afraid. And I did, I did tweet yesterday... 98 million people can't be wrong. Watch the uh, the YouTube video. And I said to Amanda Holden, because she likes things like this. She likes, she likes these sort of things. And I said, wait a minute, what's it called? It's called uh, Homeless Boy Steals the Talent Show. Homeless Boy Steals the Talent Show. And I said to Amanda yesterday, I said, there's that one. I said, and there's India's Got Talent, where they've got a street group of dancers on who... They haven't got anything. You think, you know, you think we have poor in this country. You've seen nothing. You know, there people disable their children because disabled kids running or crawling along the side of a road get more money than an able-bodied child. So that's, that's how desperately sad it is. And a couple of the people in this India's Got Talent programme, which I think they went on to win, was so good. And, you know, you can, and they, they've, they've gone to so much effort. So much effort. And over here, what do we get? Scrounging benefit fraudsters, which... You know, you think, these people have got nothing at all. Absolutely nothing at all. So I did say, you'd better get a box of tissues ready. And I did thank everybody. I thought I was being being quite good. Thank you to Jeremy Joseph. Thank you to Amanda Holden. Lovely day. I said, thank you for record audience figures. They have It been, has been record audience figures. I, know, I can't go on about it too much, can I? Yes, I can. Because <laughs> you, you just feel you have to occasionally. But uh, you know what you're listening to. And that's why you've chosen very wisely. You've chosen this over everything else. There's a, another poor bullied girl here. Her name is Izzy. And she penned a a poem um, about herself just weeks before she hanged herself. 14 years old. 14 years old. And uh, her mum has now released the poem in the hope it'll stop the abuse that Izzy suffered online. And she wrote on September the 17th... uh, They begin to tell me that nobody wants me there. They tell me to leave and that I am not wanted. Not there, not anywhere. My heart, my head, my body numb. I feel pricks of stinging, beginning to pinch my eyes as cheeks begin to burn. I walk quickly away from the chanting and the laughing. My vision spinning, my heart beginning to break. I look down and walk, my eyes drowning in another sea of emotion. Another piece of me chiselled away by their cruel remarks and perceptions. I give up. Weeks after that, she hanged herself at the age of 14. And I have long campaigned for people like this to be sought out immediately, thrown into court, and thrown into the deepest, darkest prison you've ever seen. Because when a 14-year-old takes their own life, not only does it hurt them, but it hurts their close friends, it hurts their family, it hurts relatives, it hurts all sorts of people. And all because some vile internet troll writes something disgusting. You know, they've, they've slammed the social networking site, Ask FM, where they say Izzy was abused by anonymous cyber bullies. More than 8,000 people have now backed a petition calling for its closure. What I want to find out is, and it can't be too difficult because they're all doing it on a computer. Every computer's got an IP number, an IPC number. You can find them immediately. These people should be dragged out in front of a wall and they should be abused. It's, well, no, they can't because you, you can't do that. They're sick. But she was so bullied at the age of 14, she hanged herself. You know, what an awful thing for this family to have to live with for the rest of their life. Because nine out of ten times, and because of these, uh, these online chat rooms and stuff like that, nobody realises. You thought kids were bad at school. Everybody got, you know, bullied at school for some reason. Too tall, too short, too fat, specky four eyes. You know, whatever it happened to be, everybody got bullied at school to a certain extent. You know, some people weren't very good at it. And then the people who were bullied turned into the bullies a little bit later on. It's a, it's a vicious circle. You know, in the case of this girl, I want to go back to ask, and I want to see some of the stuff, and I want to go round to these people's houses and target them. Because sometimes they'll be men, sometimes they'll be women, sometimes they'll be other school children. And when you go round there and confront them, they, they literally shrivel before your very eyes. Don't you, Stephen Fulham? People shrivel before your very eyes. It's always, it's always, we always have a lot of fun. A lot of fun doing things like that. I have no hesitation in exposing people and getting them in front of the police and in front of the courts. That's how it works. Uh, Kevin says, I believe Sandy Shaw made a very good living barefooted. Maybe the scrounger could have singing lessons. It's just the, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's just awful, isn't it, really, that somebody would, you know, in 24 years. And you think, we should have taken this away 10 years ago. We've we've made the situation worse. Mike said she doesn't want to go to work. She doesn't feel the necessary... Did you push the button on that one? Did you really? I thought that was OK. It was OK. It's it's a, It doesn't mean what you think it means. But uh, it's a case of she doesn't want to work. She's now got into the mode of not working. And if you're in the mode of not working, you're never going to get out of it again. I had a period of time, probably about... Three months where I didn't work, and the girls I was living with said, "You need to go and find a job." But you get up in because you go to bed late at night. You wake up in the morning. You think, "Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow." And of course, tomorrow never comes. Tomorrow never comes. So you end up, you know, actually, sort of sitting there thinking, "Oh, I should go and look for a job. I should go and look for a job." And then you think, I'll oh, just stay in bed one more day. And if the weather was miserable, that was another excuse for not getting up. So she's had 24 years of not getting up because we've been stupid enough to go, oh, right, so you've got a foot allergy. Yeah, it brings me out in a rash. You know, it brings me out in this and that. And, uh, and you think, well, know, yeah, that's great. But there's got to be something that you can do. Perhaps we can have furry slippers made for you, love. Perhaps you go and buy Ugg boots or something. Just do something. Don't be a complete waste of space. Don't be a, you know, complete waste of space. I'm delighted to uh, to report that Newcastle fan, makes no difference what he's a fan of, I'm just telling you he's a Newcastle fan, called Barry Rogerson, 45, a pathetic waste of space, punched a police horse. He punched a police horse. I wish somebody would punch him, honestly. What a horrible piece of work. And um, he uh, was caught on film after Newcastle lighted. United lost 3-0 at home to Sunderland. He's a married dad who's on disability benefit. Of course he is. Of course he is. Manages to make it to the football. Manages to probably lift the glass up to his mouth, I should imagine. And uh, he originally claimed he only hit the horse because he feared being killed. Anyway, we've sent him to prison for 12 months. Uh, rest on that one, pal. What a stupid person, honestly. Why is it all these people... Every time they say, "So, do you work? No, I'm on benefits. What do you do? Can't walk. Sorry? Can't walk. Can't walk a top of disability. Managed to hit a police horse, though, didn't you? Stupid man. A year. You see, that's what I say. I, I applaud that judge. I'd have made it ten years, but that's just me again, I'm afraid. 84850, uk. Weave everything in on the programme. Um a lot of people having a go for the uh, competition, which is good. And uh, did you see the girl on yesterday's show? On oh, Jeremy Kyle. A tattoo on her left buttock. Oh, dear. You see, the trouble is, I see old women on that programme with tattoos, and you think, what are you? What are, what sort of p- person has tattoos at that age? Very odd, isn't it? eight five zero. Graham says, I finally cancelled my TV licence. I think I'll watch DVDs and listen to you ripping the celebs to bits. It's not so much ripping them to bits, it's just telling you the truth about them. I think that's what, that's what you have to do. I'm laughing so much about the uglies, comments, says Karen. I've often wondered why fat people wear tracksuits. They're hardly exercising, are they? I've decided it's because they've got nothing else with that much elastic in that actually fits them. This one there, yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but... A gut act. You wanted to say to her, have you looked in the mirror? What in God's name do you look like? You know, and they're always the cheap tracksuits, aren't they? You see them at all the markets... You know, they're sort of gr- grey with sort of pink edging, with sort of, you know, God's beautiful child on the back. Generally worn by sort of chavs and low-rent people, I'm afraid. You, see, you know, you won't find anybody around... I mean, you know, sometimes you find people wearing tracksuit bottoms, and they tend to be labourers or something like that, or school students, and they, and they tend not to fit, so they're walking around like they're going to fall to their knees, the uh, the tracksuit bottom, that is. but But you very rarely see people, unless they're real low-rent, wearing the top that matches... And sometimes they've got the Ugg boots, but they're always fake Ugg boots, because you can see, because the bottom collapses, all the fake Ugg boots, because they can't afford to buy the real thing. And they obviously think it's like somebody wearing Chloe sunglasses or, you know, carrying a Chanel bag. You know it's fake. You know it's fake. I think anybody seen walking down the road with an obvious fake, the police should go along there, take it off them, empty their stuff onto the pavement, throw the bag in the rubbish bin. You know, these people shouldn't be allowed to wander around there. You go to some markets and they, and they, they tell lies. Oh, yeah, we, we really try and sort of stamp out fakes... You can go to, I would think practically every market in the country, and you would find stalls selling fakes. That's what's what, what we seem to survive on because the people who go to markets you know like, want to buy fakes, and yet you've only got to look at them to realize they've got their bad makeup on. very interesting. Katie Price is going to be on uh, with Ian Dale today on lBC, great voice for radio, great face for television, and that's Ian Dale, not her and so uh, she'll be, i bet I, I bet you anything she's she's probably saying to him, you know. Have you read my book? I feel like saying to her, have you read your book, dear? <laughs> Probably not. Alan Davis has agreed to pay damages, didn't really have much choice over it, uh, after he made uh, libelous comments over Lord McAlpine. We've already managed to get that uh, ridiculous Sally Burko, you silly little person, uh, to pay 15000 She's also, of course, got court costs to cough up with. And um, more, more money to the Chelsea pensioners. That was uh, after Alan Davis handed over £15,000. That's going... He'd already handed over £13,000 earlier, which was to the NSPCC, and he's apologised to Lord McAlpine. Because you can't say things like that, and Lord McAlpine, quite rightly. And then, of course, there was that other one. We've got the other one coming up, haven't we? Where uh, Philip Schofield hands a note to the Prime Minister, which was quite clearly visible. The stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. No, I mean, there's, there's, there's dumb, and then there was really dumb. Louis Walsh has changed his mind about quitting the X Factor. Oh, dear. I don't know why. I don't know why. Elton John, strangely enough, has agreed to perform on the X Factor. But wasn't that a short while ago? The fat one with the shredded wheat on his head said that it was um, a bottom-paralysing, brain-crippling programme. I'm sorry, so why are you appearing on it? If you don't like it. He's famously refused all of Simon Cowell's attempts. However, Sharon Osbourne has finally persuaded him to go on there dear. not funny? I wonder why you would do that, Elton. Uh, Danny Dyer says he can't wait to take the reins of the Queen Vic. I think he's already started doing it. And Anton Deck have got I'm a Celebrity coming up very shortly. Uh, although, who's going to be out there? I did say to somebody, I said to my friend the other day, I was talking to a friend of this building, and, uh, and I said, can you believe that Matthew Wright might actually want to go on it? And he said perhaps he's down to his last few quid or something. Or perhaps he's sort of desperately suffering from a dearth of nobody knows who he is. But well, I know who he is. I know who he is. Very odd, isn't it? This is the... Uh, you're going to click on that link, aren't you? I can tell you're going to click on it. Go on, click on it then, because it's the, uh, the British rowing team, I think, the Warwick University Rowing Club, and uh, they've started a campaign against homophobia in sport. So on an average day, they're just, you know, you find British rowing men, and then what they've decided to do is, uh, is take all their clothes off for a, for a charity calendar. I'm still trying to get mine off the ground here, but nobody's remotely interested. So they've all taken their uh, kit off, so that they can do a charity. What is it about the British wanting to take their clothes off for charity calendars? I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Absol- this apparently combats homophobia. I would have thought of anything else; it just made it worse. Eight four eight five zero. stevenlbc.co.uk. Here's the lovely picture of um, of the royal family: Prince Philip, <laughs> Prince Charles. <laughs> Uh, The Queen, she's remarkable, isn't she? She's quite remarkable. Camilla Parker Bowles, Prince Harry, nice smile. Pippa Middleton, scary smile. Somebody next to them, I've got no idea who that is. Uh, And then you've got Catherine, and then you've got the Middleton family. Uh, Old Papa Middleton just looks a bit uncomfortable in everything he wears. It's like, you know, he's he's happier in a pair of tracksuits, I should imagine. And then you've got uh, Prince William at the front. And you've got Catherine and baby George who looks like he's on another planet. I said to Amanda Holden the other day, which made me laugh from the day before, I said, do you think this this baby knows? And at what age is he going to go, my family are so rich, we've got palaces. We've got palaces. Grandma's not with us anymore, but by God, we've got palaces. I roller skate up and down, I do everything. If you're a woman, there might be some of you listening who are men who are now women, you're apparently better at finding keys than men. I've got a friend of mine, I mean, I'm beginning to think it's the onset of dementia, whereas every week he'll go out and he'll go, wait a minute, where's my what? I've lost the wallet, I've lost my wallet. So we stand there for two minutes, then he go, oh, I found it. You think, you know, things, things vanish, don't they? I'm like that. I think, what do I do? I walk out the house and sometimes somebody will walk past you and they smile and I think, am I wearing clothes? You, know, you do worry, don't you, if I'm actually walking outside, you know, it's my zip undone. If I have forgotten to put pants on or something, you know, it, it could be all sorts of things. Or am I still wearing slippers is my favourite one. So I now have to double-check everything and, uh, and make sure that when I, when I leave the house, I'm properly dressed. Because there will come that time, will there not? Where I'm walking down the road and somebody will say, Why are you wearing your pyjamas? Oh, by the way, in the fish shop, Sandy's, there's another letter fallen off. The O is now gone. First of all, we had a letter at the beginning, which they've just found. It took them ages to find that. And poor old Stuart and the team have got to find it because Christmas is around the corner. And I'm sure somebody's going around there pinching their letters. The letter O has gone missing. It's like an
0: episode of Play School,
1: I'm afraid. Oh, it's quarter to five ish.
0: LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, everybody. Do you remember Mary Poppins, the film? Of course you do. Do you remember the mother in it? We're merely soldiers in petticoats, dauntless crusaders for women's votes, though we adore men individually. We agree that as a group
0: they're rather
1: stupid. That was Glynis Johns. She's still alive at the age of 90. She's just moved into a care facility and she's writing an explosive memoir. Now, I wasn't sure if Glynis had ever written a memoir before, but she's writing this one at the age of 90. She's given up her Beverly Hills condo and she's going to write about losing her first husband, who was Anthony Forwood, to Sir Dirk Bogart, because Dirk Bogard, it was so funny. You'd watch him being interviewed. Nobody ever mentioned the fact that he was gay, and, uh, and that he sort of lived in France with his boyfriend. But he was with Anthony Forward for a, for a while. It's funny. It's only after sort of people die they go, oh, sir. Nobody ever mentioned it on any interviews or anything like that. He was in a, a very good thing, and I think it's called Victim. I think that was Dirk Bogart. Hope it was. And uh, that was very interesting. About a lawyer who was being blackmailed filmed around Charing Cross actually filmed around just up the road from here because you go past you see all these different things that you've seen in the movies and you go oh I remember seeing that it looks looked somewhat different I remember telling a friend of mine that pie in the sky was filmed in wherever it was and I said it's not really a restaurant but it is so I said no I said they just used the exterior shot of the restaurant but it isn't it's a flower shop I said and the interior shops were done at Bray's studio no it wasn't no it wasn't Yes, it was. And it ruins it, doesn't it? You don't like to think about things like that. You saw all the interior shots. If you actually went to the Coronation Street set, you'd be quite disappointed, I should imagine. Hoping that the staircases really do go to the upstairs, whereas in fact, they don't go anywhere at all, I'm afraid. Um, Lots of pictures of babies. Harry and uh, Prince William and Kate and Anne. And uh, Earl Spencer and everybody else. They all look roughly the same. It could be the same baby. Perhaps they just pass them around. Perhaps they just sort of take pictures of them and that's it. Uh, more in the papers today. Who's this? Oh, my goodness, mate. This is a tycoon called. Oh, I know who he is. This is John Caldwell. Uh, John Cald- Caldwell is uh, a billionaire businessman. He has a partner called Claire Johnson. They're not married. Mm-hmm. She is she's typical, very, very. Um, Very glam, very blonde, and all the rest of it. Anyway, he made his his fortune with phones. And what he's going to do, he's going to merge two houses in Mayfair. He's going to put two houses together. They're going to be joined underground. There will be, at the moment, uh, one is 4,500 square feet, and the other is 8,000 square feet. He's looking to make 50,000 square feet, and this house will cost £250 million. I hope he lives long enough to enjoy it. Go blimey, John. So it's going, to be, it's going to have a swimming pool, sauna, kitchen, salon, plant room, car park, everything. It's good because what people do now, if you can't build up, you build down. And they're doing it all over the place. Uh, one of the houses has got marble floors and a ballroom and it's 22,000 square feet. It's absolutely gorgeous. I don't know where it is. It just says it's Mayfair, But I'm sort of trying to find out, because it looks as though it's in one of the squares in town. It's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, when you think London had so many rich people, if you go down Park Lane, a lot of cab drivers will know this anyway, and you look on the, as you're going down towards, uh, not from Marble Arts, look on the left-hand side, and there's a couple of the original mansions in London still there. Not still owned by the same people, quite, really, quite, quite clearly, but they're absolutely enormous, absolutely enormous. And you can imagine that years and years ago, you know, London had lots of very, very rich people, and there were lots of carriages, lots of wonderful things going on. My mum's very hard-working, says Karen, at the age of 72, still works, loves her job. My sister and I have always worked, and know it's our mum's work ethics that has made us this way. How you are brought up makes you into the adult you will become, yes. Exactly right. That's exactly what happens. That's why if you've got a mum who's a benefit fraudster and your father sits there drunk and smoking all the time, you know damn well that the kids are going to be exactly the same. Uh, my friend Bill says... <laughs> young Bill, who's listening to this programme. I don't know how he manages to listen to this programme and everything else. Anyway, Bill and says, uh, Elton John on The X Factor, could it be because his new album The Diving Board has bombed? It was number three five weeks ago. It's now number 71... That's a thought. How cynical of us, Bill. How cynical of us to to think like that. That's why people go on there. I'm assuming any day now, Gary Barlow's going to be on the X Factor to try and push up sales of his album. He's doing well in the ticket front, but we knew that before. He's he's outselling Robbie Williams. But I mean, you know, Robbie Williams, very nice, but he's seen as a bit naff now, isn't he? Robbie Williams, who comes on stage and sings standards. And much as though I like standards, and I'm a big fan of standards, I'm, you know, I, I can't quite get there. Uh, John Warrington, Jeremy Joseph, says we need to, we need to go down to, uh, to the club. I said I'm sure he'd love to. He says, uh, I sat next to Glynis Johns on Concord. Glynis, not not Jeremy. <laughs> so, nice to know you're with us this morning. or well, any morning, actually. I think we're going to meet up for dinner very, very soon. I like catching up for dinner. Uh, Anil says, Louis going back on the X Factor... I don't know. Blimbing joke. More like the paycheck got that little bit heavier. It's a shambles. Yes, I mean, the trouble is if you like doing something, you know, you always say the same thing. I know people who do pantomime and they go before they start. Oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then they get into it. They go, oh, I really like doing it. And then they get to the end. They go, I'm never doing that ever again. Far too tired. It's like it's like getting up to go to work. You know, you don't want to go to work every morning. Not every I get up every morning and every single morning I want to go to work. Every single morning I want to go to work because that's what I do for a living. I get up and I go to work. I could lie there. I could go back to sleep again and doze, you know, back. But what, 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 what purpose would that serve? I could finish the programme this morning. I can be home by eight o'clock. I can climb, if I want to, back into bed again. Steve, forgive me if I'm being stupid. The foot fraudster. Has she ever heard of putting socks on her feet? Then they won't touch the shoes. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Preaching to the converted here. Kate in Epsom says, I found my keys in the fridge recently. Now, that is slightly scary. That is slightly scary. I had rice and vegetables again the other day. I'm getting quite good at doing rice and vegetables, steaming it. And it's quite nice. I do it with a bit of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. Delicious. I'm sure the Hellman's Real Mayonnaise isn't particularly good. Uh, Steve, that picture. Very scary. Smile. This is Pippa Middleton's smile. She looks a bit evil. She looks evil doing it, I'm afraid. Uh, Pie in the Sky was filmed in Hemel Hempstead, Old Town, says Chris. I know. I still... When I talked to Daniel Radcliffe, I said, I still miss... What's it, who was uh, in Pie in the Sky? Richard Griffiths. I said, I still miss him. He said, we all miss him. He said he was one of those lovely people. You just don't like to think that they're not there, do they? I was watching... For some reason, I was on YouTube the other day and I was watching this uh, homeless boy on the the talent programme, which just brings tears to your eyes. It just makes you cry. And then there was another thing on there and it was um, Karen Carpenter's Grave. And the, the carpenters have got a mausoleum. And somebody went up to it with a camera and they're filming and it's got an inside in gold lettering. It's got Karen Carpenter and, and the date. You can't actually go in, obviously, because it's locked. But it's uh, it was very interesting. And all of a sudden I found all these other graves of famous people. which was even more bizarre. Uh, 84850, Matt and Crystal on their way to work at Gatwick Airport. Don't be silly, nobody ever works at Gatwick Airport. They just go through there. And uh, I know a 48-year-old woman, says Ian, with four kids by three different men and has never worked. Everything paid for by us. Huge television, computer for each of the kids. Oh, no, it's annoying, isn't it? It is so annoying. So annoying. Um, Steve, I can't even wear jogging bottoms to the gym. Horrible. Yes, it's, I mean, there's something about jogging. I mean, I can't wear jogging bottoms at all. It's just not, not my sort of thing. It doesn't sort of fit into my, uh, my wardrobe, as it were. <laughs> uh, 84850. Oh, was a nice idea. Uh, Alan Merrill, founder of The Arrows. Do you remember The Arrows? Oh, my God. This is interesting. Founder of The Arrows and the writer and the uh, original artist of uh, I Love Rock and Roll. He's playing a free show in London next Thursday with his band The Arrows. And they're at the Dublin Castle on Parkway in Camden. I know the Dublin Castle. I know the Dublin Castle very well, actually. Uh, Alan is based in New York and plays only occasional UK dates. If you want to chat to him on the show, we'd be pleased to come and say, I wish I could. I wish I could. I don't have the facility for doing that, actually, at the moment, which is such a shame. But anyway, so he's going to be playing next Thursday, October 31st, with his band The Arrows at the Dublin Castle, which is 94 Parkway in Camden. And as everybody listening at the moment is listening to... This station, and this programme in particular, even more of you will be going down there. So go and go and swell the pub. Go and see the man who wrote, I love rock and roll. More of your texts and emails coming up the other side of the news at five. It's Steve Allen's early, bene- early benefits. I'm sorry, I was looking at the story in the paper about the woman who's been 24 years on benefits. Steve Allen's early benefit show. Can you imagine <laughs> such a thing existed? Anyway, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast show on LBC 97.3. It's the capital's most listened to. We've got the news at 5, coming up next.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, every Friday. I'm trying not to go whoop, whoop, whoop. I'd be too excited, but I mean, I'm going to go, whoop, 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 because we love Friday. I love I'm just saying, and also, we, we got paid. I'm always very excited when, A, it's a Friday, and, B, we've got some money in. So that means you can go out and you can go and do something. The producer said, Oh, you got £20. I said, £30, £30, no holding me back. I love it. I've got Actually, I've got so much change in my pocket. I'm the only person who keeps loads of change in their pocket, because I don't have a purse. I don't... What are men supposed to do, you know, if you've got loads of change? Because I don't like to stand there counting out... You know, if I'm in Iceland... And I'm talking to, you know, the boys and girls in there. I don't sort of start handing out change. I use a note and the chain, change goes in my pocket. And so at the moment, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Look, this is just ridiculous. This is, I know you love it because it's a lot of money, but look. I must have here about £20 worth of change. It's just ridiculous. It is just ridiculous. And what... I don't know why I end up with so much change, but it's good. Anyway, um, if you have just joined us, nice to have your company. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, On the subject of the diving board, which was brought up a moment ago by Bill. um, (laughs) Andrew, thank you. I think there is no connection there. I think there is no. Kenneth says, uh, Glynis John's father was the actor Mervyn Johns. He appears in the opening scene set in the churchyard in the movie Went the Day Well. Oh, my favourite movie. Oh, my favourite movie. Oh, gosh, if ever there was a good movie, Went the Day Well. Filmed in the village where they do the Vicar of Dibley, because the village has not changed in hundreds and hundreds of years. And I think you'll find, isn't it, uh, Thora Heard is in Went the Day Well. If you've never seen it, if you're over a certain age, you'll know what the film is. But if you're a younger person and you want a a bit of classic British cinema, go buy it. It's only cheap on Amazon. It's, It's not a very expensive film. And it's a piece of cinematic history. It's filmed in this village and it's about uh, a group of Germans who land over here but pretend to be British. So they go into this village and and it's the, uh, it's the, it's the villagers who think that they're, they're British as well because a German officer, you know, speaks very good in hello, hello and everybody speaks in very clipped accents. It's a very good film. Went the day well. It's very nice indeed. It's, there are certain films that I like watching again and again and that would be on the top of my Top of my list, I think. So today could be your day for watching it and enjoying it as well. Uh, 84850, uh, Another one here. Uh, this, oh, this is a great story. This is the most fantastic story ever. This is the story of Gerald Emerson. Gerald Emerson was a prisoner of war. And uh, he had lots of time on his hands. But at least as he waited to take part in the great escape, the RAF bomber pilot had an elegant timepiece with which to watch the hours tick away. It was the Rolex Oyster 3525, and it was delivered to him in the Nazis' notorious Stalagluft III camp from the watchmakers' headquarters in Switzerland after he bought it by mail order in 1942, which is about £170 he paid for it. That's what he paid for it there, the equivalent of £5,000 today. His watch... Is just coming up for sale at auction. They reckon it could make £30,000 because it comes with provenance. The provenance is that he was a prisoner of war. He was uh, among one of the last people to take part in The Great Escape. And it's probably worth £30,000. It's also in the fact it's, uh, it's a Rolex Oyster 3525, which makes it very interesting. <laughs> That's why people love Rolexes. I would, I'd be too frightened to wear a Rolex. I'd be absolutely too terrified to wear it. In case somebody, you know, you see people who sort of flash their, their money about. Well, I don't have money to flash around, and I wouldn't... I have a nice watch, but it's not, it's not a particularly, you know, not, not particularly flash. I don't think it's particularly flash. It's just a Raymond Vial, and I, I bought it for myself donkeys years ago. And I think it cost about £700, which actually was a fortune, an absolute fortune. But that's it. I've got about three or four watches. And that's, uh, and that's how I uh, do it. But I, I wouldn't want to wear a Rolex. I wouldn't mind buying one which came with, with Providence. There's um, a terrible picture in the, in the paper today, and it's of, a, of an orangutan who is being tortured uh, by some villagers, I think in western Borneo. She's been cruelly mocked, turned into an afternoon's entertainment. They tied her up to a, a post in the ground. She tries to break three she's got break free she 's got no water or no food if you're an animal lover you 'll hate this one. but anyway, thanks to a British animal charity uh she has been saved and she's good uh, these animals whose numbers are falling dramatically about a hundred and hundred years ago there's about three hundred and fifteen thousand orangutans now they say there's about fifty four thousand seems a of a lot to me fifty four thousand but uh, at one point. You know this uh, this poor animal had to be sedated and then moved to a rescue centre. Why do people do that? Why do people want to taunt animals i don 't quite understand the mentality of it it sort of It annoys me a little bit. Royal equerries um, will be rushing for their smelling salts, but the rebellious folk of the sleepy Sussex seaside town of Shoreham have indicated they find the queen 's cousin h r h the Duke of Gloucester too boring to open their ten million pound footbridge, which opens and sweeps over the river Adieu. Instead, they want Holly Willoughby to do it. <laughs> Holly's up against a royal a royal duke. How lovely. Oh, dear. And poor old Emma Noble. Do you remember Emma Noble? Claim to fame... Oh, what was Emma Noble's claim to fame? I'm afraid it was the fact she married John Major's son. She was one of the girls who appeared on television turning cards over. She wasn't particularly talented at anything. And, uh, anyway, the curse of her lowest-struck... Uh, after her wedding at Canterbury Cathedral, uh, to diplomat son Conrad Baker. No sooner did Sir John Major's former daughter-in-law leave the wedding reception, she was struck down with pneumonia. And that's the only reason they put her in the paper. She was struck down with pneumonia. Emma Noble. (laughs) Riveting news, isn't it, really? You can't can't really get your head around it. Perhaps she just sits there longing for those days when somebody was interested in her. Not anymore, I fear. Not anymore. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. We have our competition for today. We have a very good competition. It's your last chance this week to get your hands on the iPad Mini 2. This is the updated version. This is the faster one, better display, iOS 7 preloaded. It's everything. You can watch films send texts and emails, sit on the train. You can do everything with it. It's nice, it's light, it fits in your pocket. It's a nice big screen. It's lovely, and it can be yours if you know the answer to this question. Which Mini... Is Dr. Evil's clone played by Vern Troyer in the Austin Powers film? Which mini is Dr. Evil's clone played by Vern Troyer in the Austin Powers film? To enter, text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. So it's gadget, that's the key word, you must put that on there, gadget. Then the answer, mini. Mm -mm. Okay. And you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. It's now 11 minutes past five. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We're playing across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So uh, so good luck. Good luck. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, poor old Rob, he says, listening to you, all you've done is slag off people with disabilities. You need to open your ears and listen properly. I can't help it if you're not bright enough to listen. You know, we're talking about people who fraudulently cheat the system. I'm not interested in people who've genuinely got disabilities. This woman has got this this foot thing. She's not worked for 24 years. We're not talking about you. Nobody's interested in you. So, you know, you need to listen properly. I can't help it if you, if you don't, can't quite get, get the gist of it. You know, it's not my fault. You know, perhaps you didn't get a good education or something. But we don't slag people off with disabilities. We talk about people who cheat the system. Uh, Stephen Oxford, he says, uh, he says uh, it's one of my many emails I've sent you. Can't you see that the tattoos have been there for years and years? No, I'm, I'm not... Oh, to be honest, are the p- people becoming particularly dim this morning or something. I know the audience has gone up, but can, can we lose the stupid ones and just try and get the intelligent ones back again? I understand that if you're an old woman you've got tattoos, you haven't had them done as an old woman. You know, perhaps, perhaps where you come from, that's probably seen as something completely different. Um, Paul in Highgate says, the police horse abuser, will he be out in six months? Please tell me he won't. Uh, I should imagine. he Well, it depends for good behaviour. A year sometimes can mean three months. It can go anything, up to about nine months, actually. It doesn't really make too much difference. He, of course, is on disability benefit, but he managed to get out there and be a bit boozed up and uh, punch a police horse. So, quite rightly, they've sent him to prison which is very good news. Uh, 84850. Was there a live stream of James O'Brien yesterday? Was there a live stream? Why would it be a live stream of James O'Brien? And also, very bo- we've, we've done it on this programme before. We've unfortunately broken the system on this programme. So uh, we, we don't do things like that. We did do it. We only did it once on the Sunday. They decided it was... Uh, it was <laughs> they had to keep repairing the system because so many people wanted to log on to see what it looked like in the studio, which is good. Uh, Darren says they used Staines Town Hall as an exterior of a courthouse in an episode of Pie in the Sky. Uh, and Tom... I see Peter Andrex has a presenting gig on a new show called Sunday Scoop on ITV. Uh, yes. Yes, he has. It's a, it's a show presented by Steve Mulhern. I think Peter Andre, you can't have him actually as it because he'll, he'll turn up with his little entourage or his large entourage. I think Kay Adams is doing it as well. That's the woman who appears on Loose Women. And Gary says, did you say a member of Union J is getting married to his boyfriend? Yes. Yes. Is that something unusual nowadays? Quite normal. Yes. Union J have a gay member. Uh, Maria says, on good form this morning, just googled the pictures of Prince George in the family photos. The person you don't recognise is James Middleton. He says, at the wedding, I thought he was quite good looking, but now he's got an unattractive, awful beard. Yes. Kevin the Milton says, morning to John Warrington. We miss him. There you go. That's nice, isn't it? Uh, Other pictures in the papers say, apart from the pictures of the Queen, looking wonderful, and Prince Charles, who appears to be shrinking by the day. Now, William towers above him, and uh, I think this picture, the three heirs, heir number one, heir number two and heir number three with baby George, they haven't done a picture like this for about 120 years, so it's an historic picture, but the Queen looks very well, they seem to be surviving, don't they, quite nicely, Paul McCartney claims he still gets by with a little help from John Lennon, when he writes songs, imagine imagine, writing songs together, or you can win a replica of the gown like Prince George's Shan't be bothering with that one. I don't think. <laughs> Quarter past five. Morning, everybody. Five twenty is the time. Nick Ferrari and the team with you after seven o'clock this morning on LBC. I like the idea of these uh, of these new Boris bikes, uh, which are going to be electric. As from next year, I can't wait for that. It's not that far away, is it? Uh, Nick will be sending out our intrepid reporter. Who we... oh, we're not sending out, poor old Joe Pike, are we? On electric? Oh, dear Lord above! <laughs> <laughs> so who we're sending him out there to go on a bike. I love the idea. I should try one of those. Electric bike. The idea of not pedalling, making you even more lazy. I thought the whole idea of the bikes was to get you fit. The electric bikes then obviously take away that. Which is lovely. Uh, why do we judge women who don't have kids? And should the government be persuading us to turn on the heating? The answer is, i am not put my heating on yet. I know many of you have, but I haven't done it. Hugh Broom's up and alive and well this morning. He says, this is a, a rare early appearance this morning. Hugh's a farmer. <laughs> I thought you'd be up at this time every morning. Perhaps farmers sort of starting later. I love watching the programmes about farming the other day. They had um, s- some sheep in a field and they were bullying this pig which was lying down and all, and all the, the, the sheep, or they were, no, they were goats were sort of nuzzling it and, and lying down next to it. Perhaps they thought it was another one. And lots of little piglets. One of the farmers on the TV programme. They should do a programme about your farm, Hugh. He's got all these chickens. He does eggs and he does logs and he does... F- it's lovely. So it's, it, it, it's real dappledown farm stuff. Must be lovely in the morning with the mist on the fields. He, of course, will probably tell you differently. He said, you want to get out there when it's absolutely tipping down with rain? Not much fun. Coming up to wintertime. But uh, anyway, Hugh, nice to have you uh, this morning. As I say, I was only talking about it the other day Hugh used to do the, uh, the travel, as you know, on the, on the programme. Record figures, Hugh. Record figures. Record audience figures. Kevin the Miltman says, could the christening pictures have the subheading three airs and not a lot of air between them? No, that's your knighthood gone, isn't it? You're just not going to get anything being a Miltman in London, I'm afraid. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) 84850. Alan and Paul, our local London ambulance crew. He says, by the way, all we pick up are scroungers too. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Ali's in Peckham, which is lovely. Because uh, we talked about Peckham the other day, didn't we? Uh, and somebody says, you could always give your change to one of those people who sit at the tube station with a dog and a can of tenants in one hand and puffing on a cigarette in the other. <laughs> yeah, I could do, actually, yeah. That's, that's the producer's other job when he leaves here. He goes and sits outside. Goes, got and they've always got plaintive voices. Have you notice, nobody goes, excuse me, do you have any change? I've never heard people say that. And also, and they sit by cash points. So, have you got any spare change? You think, well, of course not, it's dispensing notes. Why would I have any spare change? It's my money. It's none of it spare. I didn't sort of set out the day with three pounds. Oh I've got three pounds twenty. Yes, I've got something spare. There you go. Or a penny. There's a penny for yourself. So much easier years ago in Victorian times. And there's a penny for you, good sir. Run to the butcher's at the end of the street and bring me back the biggest turkey in the shop and, and here's a shilling for your trouble. I mean that was the day, wasn't it? We could get boy scouts in to paint your house for a shilling. That was my was Bob a job. I was all in favour of that. Clean the car, do the repairs on and here's a shilling. Five pence. Small wonder we used to get abuse from the Boy Scouts. Eight four eight five zero. steve LBC dot uh, Did they use a hairbrush, an airbrush? they are taking I should imagine that the pictures have been airbrushed just to make Pippa Middleton look even more scary than she does. She's practiced this smile, and she looks really scary. I'm afraid. William takes a good picture. I think. Will I like William and Kate? I do. I don't know anything about them. You know, I know as much as them as I do. I love Prince Philip. When you think he was on the brink of, of the other side a short while ago, and you look at him now, and he just, he just is wonderful. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. The Queen as well. And, uh, and then you've got the Middleton family. Very ordinary. And, uh, and Prince Charles, who's, who's shrinking. Camilla Parker Bowles. I even like Camilla Parker Bowles. There's nobody I like Prince Harry. I think sometimes he's a bit of a dipstick. But then, you know, they're entitled, I suppose, to go off the rails occasionally. Will he get married next year? No, he won't. No, he won't. Uh, Over here in uh, Ypres in Belgium, uh, normally catching up with you via podcasts, says Soren. I've not forgotten the Christmas truce painting that I promised you. I've been very busy over here, coming up to the 100th. And you can see my work direct from the studio via Twitter, which is lovely. It's uh, on at Soren Studio, at Soren Studio, if you like... Uh, war pictures. War pictures. They're very good, actually. Prints and drawings. And, uh, if you go to at Soren Studio, you can have a look. Okay, Do that. Do that. Very clever person. Very clever person. Um, Greek Maddy, now Gypsy, claims she may be mother. They're very odd, some of these children, that these Roma Gypsies seem to have. They don't look like their other children. They look like European children. I don't know why. I mean, is that quite normal to have, you know, normally there's some sort of trait running through. The McCanns, again... New probe gives us hope of finding our girl well i mean, at the rate we're going you might you might we'd have no idea because some of the children on these sites one of the one of the mothers has come forward to say that um, you know she thinks this is her child, but she gives a lot away and and you think they, they what they 're basically doing is trafficking children yeah but that 's considered normal they they, 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 they don 't call it adopting and bearing in mind that part of their culture in inverted commas, means that they get them married off at the age of 12. You've seen the advert on the television, Uh, the little black girl sitting in a mud hut and she's 12 and they say she's frightened. Why is she frightened? Because she's about to be married off to somebody who could be 24 years old, 36 years old. Many of these children die. They get pregnant and they die because of complications and that's why the charity's appealing for money. And we go, oh, we can't say anything about that. Well, they're doing it as an advert on the television. So the Roma children get married at 12 twelve they married them off to what can only be described as other perverts. I've never really liked it. A twelve year old girl. Just just really it's quite ridiculous. Um, the looks of baby George Steve are not dissimilar to mine at that age. Gorgeous. My papa gave me a fine gold chain watch for my twenty first, rather like uh, Chanel had in the eighties, but alas, it was stolen. Oh thank you, Adriana. It's awful, that, isn't it, really, when you lose things. My mother lost a really lovely brooch in Henley one time. My father bought it for her in uh, Hong Kong when we were out there. And it was a brooch of, uh, of a tree out there called Flame of the Forest. And uh, it's, it's a lovely tree, Flame of the Forest. And it's sort of green, and then all of a sudden it gets these beautiful flash flowers all over it, these red and white flash flowers, gorgeous. And so my mother had a brooch, and she lost it. It fell off her, her coat, and she didn't realise, which is a great shame. Never found it, never turned up again, because people find things like they actually keep them, don't they? Which is a, which is a great shame. Uh, Karen says, I have Facebook. I use it to keep in touch with friends that live miles away. I was looking through it the other day, shocked to see a video of a puppy kicked around by three teenage girls. And um, the video was taken abroad somewhere. I said, I don't know why anybody would ever post things like that. I, I mean, I just I can't understand the mentality behind it. I find it quite quite frightening, really. Quite frightening that people, you know, people... You know, can abuse animals. I mean, put it this way, but if people abuse children and they abuse older people, then they're going to abuse animals. They don't think about it at all. We've had, Haven't we had cases where yobs have tied fireworks to cats' tails or to dogs' tails? Or I think in one case, they actually tied a hamster to a rocket with sellotape and set the rocket off. I mean, you can't, I mean, you can't even imagine the mentality of these people. Hanging would be too good, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, 84850, steve lbc.co.uk. If you don't like pictures of royal babies, you're going to hate all the pictures in the papers today. Uh, this, this mum with the allergy to shoes and her £100,000 benefits scam going on. I mean, so she, so she doesn't wear shit? Well, then sort of put socks on. Was she allergic to wool? Is she allergic to everything? So she gets £440 a month for this. And the uh, Department for Works and Pensions have said, go and get a job. They should have said it to her 24 years ago, as far as I'm concerned. She's a former baker. And she's condemned the decision. Well, I'm sorry, love. I'm really sorry. But you're part of benefit culture in this country that's got to be stopped. It's got to be kicked into touch as quick as possible. She comes from Greater Manchester. And she unsuccessfully appealed. Of course these people do. And she gets dermatitis. Loads of people get dermatitis. Loads of people. And she said, oh, my husband's got diabetes. I've got diabetes. I get up and come into work. Loads of thousands of people with diabetes get up every day, come into work. Little children inject every day. They don't make as much fuss as you do, bleating away at the age of 45. Who hasn't done anything since her 20s. You've discovered something. It's brilliant, and I'm sure it's wonderful, but let's, let's help you out of your situation. Let's get you a job. You know, somebody will find her a job. Remember that guy in the paper the other day? He wanted people to fill boxes. And uh, they asked a few people, well, why are you not applying for this job? 2,000 people unemployed in the town. Why are you not going to him? Well, because I can earn more sitting on my fat bum, earning benefits. Take away the benefits. Go out and fill boxes. Do something. Nothing worse than lazy adults, I'm afraid. It's got nothing to do with dermatitis. It's got to do with the fact that she's now got into this uh, culture of not getting up or going to work. It's all just a little bit too traumatic, so she appeals. And, uh, and they said no. They've said No. You know, we're taking away your 440 quid a month. Get out there and do a job. There's something you can do. Put fluffy slippers on, dear. If you're allergic to glue or something like that, put some fluffy slippers on. Somebody will design something for you. But, of course, I should imagine you'll probably find an excuse. I mean, I wouldn't mind if she actually said, I would really love to go to work, but... But she hasn't said that. Just going, oh, no, I'm appealing against it because I want my money. Well, you're not having it, all right? We're taking it away. And there'll be loads of others of you scroungers out there. We'll have you as well. And uh, you can sit there. I couldn't care less whether, you You know, you sort of go, well, I can't afford my favourite cigarettes or booze. Well, kind of suffer with it. Kind of suffer with it. Coming up to the news at uh, 5.30, it's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. You've chosen wisely. The rest of the capital chooses this programme as well.
0: (laughs) LBC 97.3 Text 84850 Tweet at LBC 973 This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen
1: Sorry to hear Rob, oh I hope it doesn't get any worse Rob so sorry to hear about your little little problems. Anyway, he's been listening to the show for an hour now. That's why, you see, the whole of the capital is listening. Everybody's listening to this programme. There's hardly anybody else out there, as far as I'm concerned, this time of the morning, which is fantastic news. Weather? Oh, don't bother looking at it. It's going to be wet again, but then it, it'll dry up by this afternoon and it'll be sunny, and I'm hoping I get the car back today. I'm hoping. God knows. I mean, it's taken since God created heaven and earth. I've used that expression quite a few times, actually. It's only because I heard it once on a program and it made me laugh. I'm thinking of going to an auction later on today, and I'm thinking of bidding for. Uh, oh no, it's in Geneva, November the thirteenth. I've never been to Geneva, but it sounds lovely. It's just a big, big fountain. That's all I know about it because they used it in um, in some program. And it's a diamond. It's called the Pink Star, and it's every girl's dream. It's huge. It's huge. It's 59.6 carats. 59.6 carats. And it's beyond the the dreams of most people. But Sotheby's expert David Bennett says the rock belongs in the ranks of the Earth's greatest natural treasures. How much is this diamond worth? Well, if it it was on the jewellery channel, it'd be 59.99. You know, and they'd say, "Well, oh, this, is, this is Tanzanite and it's really worth something, as opposed to this is Tanzanite and it's absolute rubbish and we're just trying to fool you into believing it's interesting. This is a proper, proper pink diamond, worth an estimated, get your chequebook ready, £38 million. That's what they're... Re- which means it'll go higher. But if you're a billionaire and you're about to spend £250 million on your house, £38 million is nothing, is it? Little present there, John, I was thinking, you know, if you... If you're thinking about buying a present for somebody, maybe you listen to it on the radio. £38 million would be an acceptable gift, I think. £38 million, you'd be frightened to wear it out anyway, wouldn't you? That's why Elizabeth Taylor's jewellery fetched so much, because she made sure that she bought well, and Burton bought well. Burton bought her nice, nice diamonds. That's why it m- makes me laugh when you watch the jewellery channel. I haven't watched it for a little while. I, c- I catched on a on a Sunday morning, a lot of blokes with funny hair and... And uh, bad nails, and they haven't moisturised, so it makes them look even worse, you know. And also, rocking your finger backwards and forwards to make the thing catch the light, always, to me, is a bad indication of how cheap and rubbish it is. And so they sort of demonstrate, and they go, here we go, it's £3,600, 2999 And you think, it's because it's rubbish. <laughs> they're selling it at £2,999 because uh, they're making a very good profit on it as well. I I'd love the idea. Imagine £38 million. Wouldn't it be lovely if, if somebody sort of says, I'm going to buy that for you, Steve? I'd have to give it back. We're not allowed to accept gifts. I discovered a short while ago, if somebody says I'm going to send you in a, you know, very expensive, I'd have to send it back again, which is not good. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Steve the cabbie says, where did the word Roma come from? Are they not gypsies anymore? Well, I, I think they are, but I think in that country they're called Roma. We call, Ro- we call Romany, but that, it's, it's different. You see, over here, we don't have gypsies travelling up and down the country. We have travellers. We have travellers. You see, gypsies are different. They belong to a different thing. It's like pe- people get very confused. The funfair folk have nothing to do with travellers or gypsies or anything like that. They're completely separate. Completely separate. You know, Romany gypsies, you don't see anymore. Most of them are living in houses, probably in the East End, probably distant relatives. The people that we get, the ones with the pixelated faces, are the travellers. You know, my big fat gypsy wedding had nothing to do with gypsies. Gypsies never dress like this, ever. Look at any history of gypsies, and they don't wear trashy clothes or behave like, you know, the sort of people that they, they behave like. They're not like that at all. Other stories of the papers for today. Let's have a quick look, actually. Oh, bad story about a horse. I've got quite frightened about horses recently. That's why I was particularly uh, particularly good the other day when we saw that little donkey in that woman's kitchen. I thought, that's nice, but it's not house-trained. Um They've uh, brought a policeman back from Australia, Jeffrey Lake. uh, Went to Australia in 2002, uh, ignored letters from one victim urging him to confess he's a a paedophile. And uh, they they brought him back and he's just been sentenced uh, to 18 years in prison. His victims were between the ages of 4 and 19. He denied the charges, but uh, they had... Irreput- ir- irrefutable evidence. I'm trying. To, somebody said to me the other day, it's very interesting, with these court cases, when they've got these historical events, how do you prove something? How do you prove that somebody, you know, did something two years ago? I, d- I don't understand quite how that works. Anyway, I've got, I'm going to see a film on Monday and it's called Philomena. It's got Steve Coogan in and Dame Judi Dench. And it's Dame Judy plays a mother whose young son was taken from her and sold by nuns for adoption in a real-life scandal. And the, the convent worse than uses. But, I mean, you will hear loads of stories about evil nuns throughout the year. You ask anybody who's been to convent school, and you say, so what were the nuns like? Evil. Evil. Something about them. And in this particular case, this Philomena Lee is 80 now. They've told her story. She became pregnant in Limerick. And uh, she was sent to this convent run by the nuns in Roscrea, in County Tipperary. When she gave birth, uh, she was sent to work in the laundry and allowed to see him for just an hour a day. And in the end, they took her child away and gave it to somebody else. I mean, absolutely awful. These nuns were vile beyond belief. You cannot imagine that they're anything to do with Christianity. So this story had to be told. So I've got a horrible feeling, because you remember the uh, the Magdalene sisters a film by Peter Mullen, who wrote and directed it, which exposed the abuse of young women by the Catholic Church in Ireland. I mean, these, again, were vile, revolting nuns. It told the, the story of the four teenage girls who were sent to what was called the Magdalene Asylums, also known as Magdalene Laundries, because of the non-stop work they did. And uh, he, he finally got worldwide recognition for telling the truth. The Catholic Church has got a lot to answer for, You know, vile nuns, Catholic priests abusing people. And what do the Catholic Church do? They just move them somewhere else. Biggest cover-up. I've seen more programmes on the television about the Catholic Church and abusing priests. They seem to go into the Catholic Church knowing that they can abuse. And the Catholic Church very rarely does anything. Occasionally, I think the the pontiff has come out and apologised for previous actions of paedophile priests. But, my God, it seems to be rife. Absolutely rife. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here. We read everything out on the programme. and uh, this is, uh, or somebody else asking where the word Roma comes from. I think it's just an abbreviation, Steve. I don't, I don't think it's anything but an abbreviation Roma Romani. But where, where the parallels because they don't look anything like the Romani gypsies I know at all. So I've got no idea. The champions, thank you, was the, uh, the fountain used... Uh, the Geneva Fountain was used in the programme, the Champions, which I loved. Uh, Andy tells us on the Circle Line, no service, Edgware Road to Oldgate via Victoria. Again, late finish to engineering work. Are they just standing around? You know, sort of smoking cigarettes and pointing up to the sky. How can it be late finish? They obviously start early. You know, I don't quite understand. Waitrose Kingston, new store open today. Good Lord, all over the place. Have you noticed they can't stop opening supermarkets at the moment? They cannot stop opening the supermarkets. (laughs) I love it. I mean, how many more supermarkets do we have to have? Uh, what are we doing here? Um, this is, oh, Killer Whales. I love these natural programmes. I was watching a great programme yesterday, nothing to do with the natural world, but it was to do with um, Hampton Court Palace and uh, the bed that was there, and they went through the... P- I love Hampton Court Palace. One of my favourite places. Especially when you think Henry VIII did walk those corridors. Henry VIII did walk those corridors and people before him as well. Don't forget Glynis, says Paul in Manchesterford, and her dad Mervyn, played the lead parts in one of my favourite films, The Halfway House. If memory serves, you're a fan of it as well. Yes, that's the innkeeper and the daughter of a remote Welsh pub. A group of stranded travellers stay the night and things take an interesting, rather ghostly turn. The film is a cross between Brigadoon and the amazing Mr Blunden. Mervyn's most famous... And you know how much I love Mr Blunden, The amazing Mr Blunden. Mr Blunden, But which one? It's lovely. Oh, I love that. It's such a good film. It just makes me go all, all goosebumpily. Mervyn's most famous role was probably Bob Cratchit in the Alistair Sim version of A Christmas Carol. Glynis, best known as Mrs Banks and Miranda the Mermaid, also the first person to sing Send in the Clowns, as she was the star of A Little Night Music, the song written for her by Stephen Sondheim. Though Mervyn was Welsh, Glynis like so many of our typically English actors, such as Sid James, actually South African. Looking forward to the book, and what an in-conversation that would make. Maybe a trip to a magic convention next year, and then a quick detour for an interview. That would be lovely. He said, especially our lovely uh, friend and regular listener, an email Miss Diane from the Mulvens, who celebrates her birthday on Sunday. She will, like the rest of us, be 39. The Fountain, he said, incidentally, is in Geneva, and uh, the champions featured your friend Alexander Bastido. Love it. Love the champions. I love all that kind of stuff. Uh, very quickly, I was just going to. Uh, sorry, I, just, so I was just so looking forward and missed something uh, on my uh, emails, which I was going to weave in uh, at the same time. Have you seen the photos of the christening? Says Noreen. I think Prince George looks like Prince William, but he's got his mum's lovely brown eyes. He seems a really very happy little soul, doesn't he? Well, he does not seem to sort of so much gurgle as wind, I should imagine which is what we're going to be getting on Monday. I warn you now that the Met Office have issued a warning for Monday, especially down south, they've said. It's sweeping in, I think from the Gulf of Mexico, and it's going to come in and uh, there's going to be... They say it could, they might have downgraded by the time we get to Monday, as bad as the last storms we had with poor old Michael Fish. So that was the, the storms he didn't predict. And, of course, you know how bad that was. They're saying it could be as bad again. So the idea is batten down the hatches. If you've got garden umbrellas, tie them down. When I say tie them down, make sure the, the, the umbrella bit is down. And uh, let's see if we survive it. I don't want to come in here on uh, Tuesday morning. Having said, have you seen the papers today? The devastation up and down the country? Just be uh, just be aware of it. Just be aware of it. 84850, UK. And in keeping with a lot of other people, Martin dropped his iPhone 5S down the toilet. Apparently, this is the hard and fast advice, and I pass it on to you merely because I'm a caring person, that if you drop your iPhone in water, in the sink, how it gets into the toilet, I've got no idea, but mine fell out of my pocket, into the toilet, you take it out, don't turn it on, don't do anything, just put it in a bag of rice and stick it in a cupboard and leave it there, and hopefully the rice will sort of dry it all out. That's the theory behind it. If you turn it on, or you try and... blow water through, it goes onto the points and you will completely ruin it. Okay, So the advice is, stick it in a bag of rice. But hands up, who keeps a bag of rice in the cupboard nowadays? Hardly anybody. Quarter to six.
0: LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Very interesting. We mentioned earlier on this yob who uh, punched a police horse in the face. And he's there with a mask around his face, but clearly identifiable. This is this thug called Barry Rogerson who's on disability. He's on 6 grand a year uh, because apparently he has a lung infection. I thought if you had a lung infection you could barely walk and things like that. would be really puffed out. He's managed you to sort of, you know, jump backwards and forwards and punch. The... What sort of lung infection is that, Mr. Mr. Rogerson? Another fraud. Anyway, joining me this Sunday morning for six, it's a very special in conversation. It's special every week, but this week it's a stellar lineup featuring not two, but Three top-name guests. First to join me is the delightful and very funny Helen Lederer, who will be telling me who she modelled herself on for her interview. Helen Mirren, you know, in the photograph? Yes. yes, I don't know where I am. I'm missing. I should be on the poof. I think... No, I, I thought you were in the water, clinging on to the end of the boat, going, I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> Waving, not Waving. drowning. That's right. <laughs> She's lovely. Helen Lederer, this Sunday, will be with me. She's got two shows coming up at the St James's Theatre. I think one at the beginning of November, one at the the end. Just check her out. It'll be on her website. Our second guest is the very charming, very dapper James Corden, who dropped by to tell me what the inspiration behind his latest film, One Chance, was. We're making a film about a boy who dreamt of being an opera singer in a world in which no-one even listens to opera, let alone wants to be an opera singer, Mm. and just never ever gave up it's kind of what we were speaking of before just he never ever gave up and uh and when you put it like that it's sort of you start to realize oh it's, it's it's like a sports movie really mm. but the sport just happens to be opera and uh and we're, we're very very proud of it and we're thrilled with the way it's been received certainly is more from james Corden this coming sunday in a final guest on in conversation is the ever so talented and very tall Stephen merchant who lets slip his amazement at how some people attract the partners they have
0: well, this is the thing, but I, I often wonder how, how they're making it. I mean, I assume
1: you have to introduce yourself and say, hi, before you walk away, I run a studio. Because there's a lot of sort of, you know, short, fat, balding, schlubby guys who are very powerful or billionaires with supermodels walking into bars. And you think, how did they get that conversation going? Because there's no way she would have talked to him unless she knew he was
0: a billionaire. So presumably he has to say, don't run away, I'm a billionaire.
1: Very funny. You see that, that Bristol accent coming out there? <laughs> He's very charming, very charming, all very charming this week. Guests on In Conversation on LBC 97.3. Helen Lederer, James, Corgent, James Corden, James Corden, James Cordon and uh, and Mr Merchant as well. Excellent, excellent. That's this uh, this coming Sunday on LBC between 6 and 7. I'm just looking at a picture of Holly Willoughby out in the town last night with some friends. One of whom should be here already, which is nice. (laughs) Very cash, very cash. Of course, she doesn't need to worry today, does she, Holly? She doesn't have to get up for work on a Friday. She gets a day lying in bed, which is quite nice. (laughs) Poor soul. Do you know how many people queued for that Fergus uh, book? How many people do you think? It's it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. 10,000 people queued. 10,000 people queued. In fact, he should have been there for two hours. Six hours he did. Six hours. Fantastic. <laughs> Which is brilliant. And so it, it's, I think, the best book signing they've probably ever done. But uh, all the fans were there at a Tesco Extra. He's 71, and uh, he stayed for six hours. 10,000 people buying but That is some, that is some going, because normally when it's, when, it's, uh, when it's sort of books and people do book signings, um, you know, you might, sometimes people sit there surrounded by a big pile of their books they don't get anybody at all. In the case of him, 10,000 people. I mean, that was uh, unbelievable. Dermatitis, says Darren. More like lazyitis. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, she's a feeble, pathetic excuse. She should have been uh, taken off benefits a long time ago. But there's too many of these people out there. Far too many people. Ridiculous. Uh, tell Kevin, <laughs> says Jackie, to continue to wear his shorts as it brightens the old lady's days. <laughs> kind of frightens them, I should imagine. Probably frightens them as well. Uh, our Marion from Broxport in a crumbly is going to shave her head for the Prostate Cancer Charity in the next few days. She's raised £140. Uh, and I hope um, that, you know, it uh, that, that people who know will contribute towards this, uh, this cause. So well done, Prostate Cancer Charity. So good. Good. So raise lots and lots of money. I hope anybody raising money for charity, especially those girls who are doing it for the Royal British Legion. They've got that charity single. They'll be singing at the Royal Albert Hall, which is fantastic. Uh, the Blitz on the Foreign Crook. In Britain, you may have heard on LBC yesterday, they're actually bringing in uh, police forces. from. They don't have any powers of arrest over here, but they can sort of guide them in the right place. So it's uh, dozens of foreigners who are wanted abroad. We've got murderers, paedophiles, rapists, all here, all claiming asylum and doing ones or they just disappear into the community. So now they've got uh, 58 people arrested the other day, and it's sending out the message, they say... That Britain is not a hiding place for crooks. No, it's just the benefit fraudsters we seem to encourage over here. But luckily they're all being caught up with and, uh, and we sort them all out very, very quickly. Uh, Helen says, the rice really works, like you say, but you must fully immerse the phone for a good while, not be tempted to keep pulling it out. Rob says, I went to a convent primary school. If you were bad, you'd have to go to the head. If you were really bad, you'd have to go and see Reverend Mother. It was scary. Oh, yes, very scary. Oh, yes, don't ever, don't ever misinterpret nuns, I'm afraid. They're not those nice, gentle people singing, Alleluia, Alleluia, and it's not like the sound of music. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Watch the film Catholic Boys, give you a rough idea of what goes on inside some of these places. Very interesting. Uh, the papers just wanted to say that I, too, think that baby George is gorgeous. However, I'm not sure about the press slogan, Gorgeous George, as it keeps reminding me of the butch boxer from the Guy Ritchie film Snatch. Google him if you haven't seen the film. I'm sure you will feel my pain, says Darren. Poor soul, honestly, I know. And Brian says, it's fine opening all these supermarkets. However... It affects the small local shopkeepers, putting them under further pressure to survive. You're so right, Brian. You're absolutely right. I've always said that. It's a refurbished Waitrose. It's not a brand new one. It's just the old one. They've just sort of tarted up a bit. But it's, it's these supermarkets opening up, and what they do is they offer stuff so cheap that the little quarter shops and everything, they, 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 they just put them out of business. It's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Because people go, oh, isn't it lovely to have a choice? Not really. Not really if you're a... Uh, if you're a sort of a local person who wants to use local shops, I mean, I've lost track. In Twickenham now, we're going to be having well, we've got at the moment within the space of half a mile, Tesco Extra, Sainsbury's Extra, Morrison's, Lidl, which we will have shortly, uh, Marks and Spencers, Waitrose, Big Tesco, Big Sainsbury's at eight, eight. Within, you know, in total, probably a mile, I should imagine. Ridiculous. Winnie says you're on top form today. I've got my mum listening to you this morning, and we were giggling at your description of Elton John. (sighs) The man with the shredded wheat on his head. I just, I don't like that. Because that's what people used to describe uh, Arthur Scargill as, didn't they? Arthur Scargill said, what on earth has he got stuck on his head, poor soul? Very odd. Uh, it was a day's fishing for Neil yesterday. Great weather. He says, I can't say I'm looking forward to the storms that are forecast. The big storms that Michael Fish got wrong. My dad lost over 300 trees. His garden has, uh, has literally taken this long to recover. He says I've been tired just lately. I'm not sure if it's the diabetes... So sorry for the lack of text. I'll oh, never apologise. Don't worry about things like that. Uh, Charles Chaplin said, a day without laughter is a day wasted. Every day you should have a laugh, shouldn't you? A laugh at something. Even if it's this programme. Don't forget, it's your chance to win the iPad Mini 2. Last time today. Last time today for this week. Your chance to get your hands on an iPad Mini 2. Because yesterday, Sharad Gilhan got the uh, the iPad Mini 2. Huge round of applause. Well done there. Congratulations. Uh, It was the most sought-after item on last year's Christmas wish list. And so, who will it be today? Will it be your name we read out on Monday? I hope so. You need to know the answer to this question, though, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Which mini is Dr Evil's clone, played by Vern Troyer in the Austin Powers films? Which mini is Dr Evil's clone, played by Vern Troyer in the Austin Powers films? Text the word GADGET, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. So which mini is Dr Evil's clone, played by Vern Troyer in the Austin Powers movie? It's Gadget, then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. It's good luck. Texts only cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. We'll take a short break for the news at 6 o'clock, then we're into the uh, final 30 minutes of the programme. Don't forget, every day we have a free podcast for you, which is available to everybody. Free, gratis, for nothing. Cost you not one penny piece. And then a little bit later on, there'll be the rest of the programme, which is payable. You can download that. We have more downloads than anything else. More people than ever before listening to LBC 97.3, which we are very grateful. And on Sunday, we'll have the best of Steve Allen. And I have a horrible feeling we're going to be repeating the Chinese story again. Are we doing the Chinese food story? Yeah. I look, you look blank when I said Chinese. I mean, have we mentioned the Chinese a lot in the programme this week? No, we haven't, have we? So I thought perhaps it'd just be the one Chinese story, but obviously in your mind, quite a few. You know, sometimes wonder where he's coming from, actually. It's like talking to a bird in a cage, best place for him. Anyway, so we'll take a short break for the news at six. More of your texts and emails on 84850stevenlbc.co.uk to the side of the news.
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: (laughs) Morning, every five minutes past six, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. James Corden, acting is such a weird thing. It's so silly. That's what he's saying to the uh, Metro today. And Christopher Eccleston says, "Christopher Eccleston, I'm open to any kind of work so I can pay the mortgage." And there's a there's a lovely picture here. It's it's a, a pleasing picture. It's a, a lion in a in a cage. Uh, presumably it's a, it's at a zoo. It is Adelaide Zoo, and and uh, and a bird, a pigeon, flies almost into the cage, and the lion grabs it. Through the through the bars of the cage, it grabs it, uh, but unfortunately, the thing is able to fly away. What a shame! And it leaves the uh, the lions spitting feathers, because ob- obviously lions will eat at it. They obviously see it as a you know it sits there every day. Think I'm going to have you. I'm gonna- you come near this cage again, I'm having you. And it uh, and it does. David Gartland was at the zoo with his family and managed to capture the sequence of unnatural events on camera. Amazing, really, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. Uh, more pictures of babies in the paper today. There's so many pictures of babies. You're going to go baby crackers by the, end of the, by the end of the day, I'm afraid, because it's the Queen, the Middleton family, the scary Pippa. With a very, very odd, uh, odd sort of smile. Know, perhaps she's been rehearsing, but it looks a bit creepy, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850. Oh. Steve is a postal worker says uh, Simon. I regularly see a middle-aged woman with a walking stick and I know she's on her way to the doctors as I usually see her an hour later carrying shopping with no walking stick. The benefit system is being badly abused. Oh, a friend of mine lives over the road from, I can't tell you where it is, it identifies it, from a doctor's surgery and this is where people go to be evaluated for their benefits. And you see them on a Sunday morning, they've all got their bit of paper they're looking for this particular place and uh, they get out their cars and run over the road and then you look at the car and they, they put their disabled sticker on there. And you get people who sort of, you know, limp up to the door, just in case they think they're being filmed. When they get back round the corner, they get in their cars and drive off. It's, you know, they've got their fags on and everything else. It's, it's just rife. It is absolutely rife in London. It's dreadful. Uh, 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. Um, sales of Alexa Chung's fashion book are, like her, looking slim. Uh, people said they thought it would fly off the show. Nobody knows who she is. If you ask around the building, you go, who is Alexa Chung? Nobody knows. She's just somebody who features on the television occasion. I wouldn't know what she looked like, I'm afraid. Uh, Cheryl Cole's back with a calendar. Oh, dear. She says uh, she's been on... uh, She's not keen on a supermarket signing tour because she's trying to elevate herself from sort of the gutter to a bit out... She she thought maybe Harrods. I don't think Harrods do that kind of thing, do they? It's amazing how many... Ben Cohen... Is it Ben Cohen who's dancing? He's got a, a bit bored with him already. He's got a calendar. Who buys these things? We know Cliff Richard's got a calendar. But it seems like any old Tom and I. There was somebody the other day from, from Big Brother, somebody called Dan Neal or something. I've never even heard of him. And he's got a calendar out, but he's got... He either looks airbrushed or he's shaved the hair off his body. He looks peculiar, whatever it is. It's not normal. But people buy these calendars. I suppose all the, all the boy ones are bought, you know, and they're just the sort of feature on girls' walls. Or Neil Sean, I should imagine. You know, you put up sort of the One Direction. I can understand One Direction calendars selling, but they're all airbrushed. They're all a little bit naff, I'm afraid. All a little bit naff. But people like it. Coming up Christmas, there'll be boxes of calendars in this building. I know that because they send them in to say, this is who's available this year. And there will be. Well, there is the Cheryl Cole calendar. We know that because it's filmed abroad. So she doesn't even have anything filmed here anymore. Great shame. And uh, who else would have One Direction? Uh, But would there be a James Blunt calendar? Would there be a James Blunt calendar? Would there be a Union J calendar? Yeah, there would be a Union J calendar. Uh, Would there be a Katy Perry calendar? Probably would be. Would there be a Jordan calendar? I think so. I'm not sure about that one, actually. Uh, Letters to the, uh, the Metro today, talking about people, you know, who are just irresponsible, just have lots and lots of children. And somebody has uh, said here, sadly, these parents show us why we must cut benefits. Oh, absolutely, it doesn't encourage these people to do anything at all. It really doesn't. Uh, The minister, two Roma children were taken from their families in good faith. A senior minister says they were put into Irish state care after neighbours claimed they didn't belong to the families. And uh, then they were subsequently found to belong to their parents. Yesterday's Irish justice minister... Alan Shatter said, there is no doubt that in these two cases, the uh, Garda acted in good faith. Fortunately, it turned out that the concerns that arose around the cases were unfounded. Very worrying, isn't it? And uh, there's one here, not horsing around. People browsing here. There's a bloke selling at a stow on the Wold horse fair, which is um, an opportunity for the travelling community to meet up and exchange goods. He's selling catapults. What would they be using those for? Really, you sometimes worry, don't you? Front pages of all the papers today, it's baby pictures. Baby pictures, baby pictures, baby pictures. Gorgeous George, three months old, stealing the show. Of course they're not gonna say they're not gonna say ugly child with two unattractive people, are they? He's going to be a gorgeous baby because they are world's perfect parents. So they're going to have a gorgeous baby, and gorgeous he is too, even though they've put him in a christening shawl, which I always think makes poor kids look like girls. He's probably gonna grow up being very confused. Like other members of the royal family we can't talk about. Daily Mirror, one's little and it's the same pictures. They've obviously sort of airbrushed and looked, and everybody looks gorgeous. Uh, the uh, Portugal cops-hunting pedo gang. Police in Portugal began searching for a gang of five paedophiles they may believe have snatched Madeleine McCann. May is the key word there. And uh, on the Express, the parents of Madeleine McCann hope Portugal's decision to reopen the case will finally lead to her being found. Well, I mean, it's, if, if she is found, it will be, as I said before, the miracle of all miracles. I don't think it would actually get any uh, any bigger than that, does it? Uh, Feltham, says Little Julie, has two large Tescos, a Lidl, an Aldi, Iceland and Asda. But no Marks and Spencers, I've noticed. No Sainsbury's. Perhaps that, that's, that's interesting. What does that tell you about the area? I don't know. Stormy weather on the way, says Little Julie. Yes, batten down the hatches for Monday. That's when they say it's going to be at... Uh, At the very worst. Uh, Miriam says, I punched the air with joy as I got out of bed this morning, hearing you talking about Went the Day Well and Victim, both the very best of British. Victim, in particular, shot a lot around Charing Cross Road. Uh, Oliver was showing at the theatre in Soho. I used to do all my grocery shopping in Soho, living as I did in the 60s in uh, Shepherd Market. I used to go around transcribing notes. And uh, I shared a room over a nightclub called The Black Sheep. And guess what? It was £14 a week. It was at the end of a dark street called Whitehorse Street. I often walked in the mist early morning in Green Park, taking in, unconsciously, I think, the unique atmosphere of London. I left home at 16, went straight out to work. There was no other way then. and got my shorthand speed up to an acceptable level. Yes, Went the Day Well and Victim, both very good films. One with uh, Bogarb, the blackmailing of a gay barrister and uh, and how he decided to catch the uh, the people concerned because in those days it was it was uh, considered illegal and so people were taken to court and people were prosecuted for being gay it seems very archaic and a little bit backwards and uh, went went the day well just just a particularly brilliant film just a particularly brilliant film with with lots of it's a typical village but it's the one that they use for the vicar of dibley so it's uh, it's it's a particularly particularly good film well worth watching dot uh, eight eight oh, uk. Uh, My wife, Manny, shaved off her hair early this year and raised over £30,000. And uh, she's still raising funds, says Ash. And she's got her story on Manny going for bald. There you go. Uh, So Fergie and Rooney have more than one thing in common. They've written more books than they read. (laughs) Uh, 84850, steve dot uk. I think Joan Collins is at Harrods tomorrow signing her new book. Now, that is a good book. That is a very, very good book. It's got all sorts of. She was on the television the other day. She's eighty. Doesn't look eighty. She looks absolutely fantastic. And uh, given that uh, Trafford holds about sixty thousand people, uh, ten thousand is nothing for a book signing. Of course it is. It was a stupid. 10,000-something oh, for a book sign. You don't get that for um, for anybody. Joan Collins will get 10,000 people queuing up. Doesn't matter how many the place can hold. You, know, you could stick it in the Bible belt, couldn't you? And uh, you still wouldn't get all these things. Jan in South Norwood says, Pippa reminds me of the very talented Nina Conti, who happens to be a ventriloquist. Yes, and that rings a bell, Nina Conti. I don't know why it rings a bell. Nina Conti, ventriloquist. But Pippa's looking very odd. In all the pictures, she looks a bit scary. She's obviously... She doesn't do a very... A very convincing smile. When she walked around the corner, she looks a bit emaciated. And she's got that sort of horrible smile. And you think, oh, no, I don't like that at all. Front of the mail and the rest of the papers I'll bring you in a moment. Let me give you a quick time check, though. This Friday morning, it's 14 minutes past six. Uh, 6.20 is the time. Nick Ferrari and the team this morning. Boris is going to introduce electric bikes next year. I personally can't wait. But it defeats the object of why they brought the bikes in. The idea was to get us being healthier in the capital. And unfortunately, if you bring the electric bikes in, it's just going to encourage people not to be healthy. And presumably, they better charge them up on these things. They must have worked out that it can be the same system. So they'll be looking at that, and we'll be sending our reporter out, Joe Pike, uh, who'll be on an electric bike. Can't wait to see this. <laughs> I pay money to see that one. I think pay money to see it. Uh, plus, why do we judge women who don't have kids? And should the government be persuading us to turn? On the heating, looking at the papers today, the managing editor of The Sun, Stick Abel, former director of the Press Complaints Commission, will be wandering through. And, of course, it's it's pictures, pictures, pictures all the way of the happy couple and baby George, uh, HRH Grumps, who me, he's going, yeah, I think they've put their hands underneath, go tickle, 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 (laughs) just to get good pictures of babies. Uh, So that's the front pages of all the papers this morning. We have our competition running. Final day, your chance to get your hands on the iPad Mini 2 and all you have to do is answer a question correctly. It couldn't be more simple today, uh, because we've we've incorporated the word mini into every one of the questions this week. So which mini is Doctor Evil's clone? Played by Vern Troyer in the Austin Powers films. You text the word gadget, then your answer, and then you send it to 84850 before six thirty this morning. So it's Gadget and then it's uh, your answer. Then send it to eight four eight five zero before six thirty this morning, which is uh, lovely. Uh, text cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Uh, I got sent something the other day, actually, which is uh, which is quite interesting because it's it's one of those dressing up occasions. Pe- people like the uh, the dressing up occasions, and this is a, this is a dressing up occasion for the 1940s. It's a charity gala. Uh, it's being held in in Twickenham Saturday, second of November. And it's called Big Band Blitz. What they do, they transport you back in time. The mayor of Richmond's going to be there. Vince Cable's going to be there as well. And lots of diplomats. And uh, there are tickets available from the Museum of Richmond. And they sell them there. Or oh, they've got TicketWeb on 08 one treble 000. OK. And uh, it's a step back in time. Uh, they've got 1940s memorabilia, even the air raid warning, and the Naffy. So for those people, we've got a lot of people around there, they'll enjoy it. 14th year of that Twickenham charity event. So it's Saturday 2nd of November at York House. And uh, and you dress up. And the event helps benefit the Museum of Richmond Charity, which preserves the royal and cultural heritage of Richmond-upon-Thames. And the 1940s Big Band Blitz is a piece of living history. So there you go. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? People like things. It's a 6.30 for a 7.30 start. And uh, I think it's only about twenty-two quid to go. So for a night of dressing up and a bit of nostalgia, that's your place to go. Actually, if you manage to get uh, hold of the iPad Mini two, it, it all it all ties in quite nicely, I think. From the Daily Mail, Charles, why I fear being king. I don't know. I'm not sure. Actually, I used to think about you know whether or not Charles would ever get to be king. It's very good. Somebody said Pike on a bike. Very good. <laughs> very funny. That's the standard, I'm afraid, we've fallen to, ladies and gentlemen. Tom, uh, Nina Conti is Tom Conti's daughter and is a ventat with a monkey. Ah, you're quite right. You're quite right. I do remember, actually. Um, Stig Abel says, a moist, murky morning, so don't bother getting out of bed. Stay in for at Nick Ferrari, where I'll be talking papers. It's good, isn't it? I like it when people people tweet themselves. That's very good. Thank you very much indeed for that one. And. Um, Apparently, Kevin Milkman says, my favourite Second World War movie with Tommy Trinder's The Bells Go Down, a tale of the Fire Brigade in the East End in the Blitz, made about 1942-43, not been on television for ages and ages. Um, Rachel, educating Yorkshire last night. I've not seen this programme. I don't know what it is. Is it, is it a school where they go? Is it good? Caroline's seen it. She knows these things. She's sat there. Uh, Very sad, exactly. It followed uh, Musharraf, who had a horrendous stammer and had me crying like a baby. Oh, dear, don't cry, don't cry. Well, if you do cry, go to my Twitter page and I'll give you the, uh, the link there to something that really will make you cry. If it made Amanda Holden cry, it'll definitely make you cry pike on a bike <laughs> like, i can't wait do you think he's getting do you think he's having to wear those little things to keep his trousers from flapping and getting caught in the mud guards <laughs> they just have little reflectors and everything else i think that's quite funny if you, if you knew joe joe pike you you would laugh as well ladies and gentlemen <laughs> like i do all the time i'm afraid seems a bit cruel doesn't it don't like to be cruel about things like that but you know we make the effort we've only got four minutes left Four minutes left to get your entries in for the competition for the iPad 2. Independent on the front page, there's a picture of... um... Oh, interesting. Um, It's a story about arrogance, negligence and cowardice. An American mother's verdict on the British officials she blames for her son's death at Camp Bastion. Uh, the Truth About Health Tourism, twice as many foreign visitors pay to use the NHS as exploit-free health care. The UK is the net exporter of patients seeking treatment. The newspaper is also set to ignore the Royal Charter on press regulation. And uh, and Europe, up in arms over claims that US surveillance agency monitored phone calls of 35 world leaders. Front page of the Times, Charles in no rush to be king, Duchess of Cambridge uh, doing a charity dinner ...at Kensington Palace last night. It's just one one whirl of eating, isn't it? It's a big round of eating and drinking. The official portrait, of course, done of, of uh, Prince George as well. And a nice picture on the front of the Telegraph today of the Queen. Actually, ironically, this is a very old one. Because this picture doesn't feature Mummy. It's got the Queen, Prince Charles, Prince William and Prince George. And it's a historic picture... Haven't done this since about 19... 19... 1920? Something like that. And uh, Prince Charles fears that being king will be like prison. Certainly will be, I think. Uh, Heat only your living room, the elderly have been told. I mean, it's what you're supposed to do. You wander into bathrooms and they're freezing cold. Not very good at all. Daily Star, the £100,000 scrounger, hasn't worked for 24 years and she looks miserable. She's not done a day's work. In twenty-four years, and she looks miserable. You see, some people I see have to get up to go to work. Nobody looks happy, do they, in the morning going into work? Apart from uh, apart from me, I'm the I'm the only one. I think I'm the only one who sort of gets up and is actually quite happy in the morning. I sort of bounce around a little bit, like uh, like Tigger. Listen, that's it for this morning. Do join me on Sunday morning for In Conversation. It's uh, it's an all-star lovey fest, including James Corden. Everybody's going to be there. Mr Merchant will be there and Helen Lederer will be there and I'll be there. And uh, it'll be brilliant and the best of Steve Allen. So between five and seven on Sunday morning, don't miss it. It's three celebrities this week for the price of one. Have a great weekend. Batten down the hatches for Monday. It's going to be as bad as they say. And uh, thank you for choosing LBC. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for podcasting. I'm Steve Allen. I'll be back with you Sunday morning and then on Monday morning. uh, Coming up at seven, Nick Ferrari and the team. Next, the morning news with Lisa Aziz.